Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, I'd like to start the program today with a little bit of positive news. Something that's the feel-good news story of the day. I am pleased to report to you that President Joe Biden has learned to ride his bike again. That's right, I saw him riding his bike On vacation, by the way, while the American people are suffering under the Biden recession, under Biden's inflation, under the radical left's ruling over this wonderful nation, Biden's out riding his bicycle. Now, he's on the beaches, I think, in South Carolina. I did not, however, I did not see him stop the bike. That's where we had trouble last time. It's not that he had trouble when it was moving. You know, it's easy to balance a bike when it's moving, but when it stops, that forward momentum actually helps us to keep the balance, the bike balance side to side. So I don't know how it ended. I didn't see any pictures. They probably kept the photographers away when it was time to stop the ride. Anyway, it's a pleasure to be here. Email, I'm just, it's all in good fun, my friends. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Thoughts, questions, Feedback, opinion, adoration, and praise, no matter what you email me for, that had better be in there. Or you can text us. The text, uh, the phone number, 317-210-2830, 317-210-2830. So let's, let's continue our conversation. It's been happening, uh, I mean, we're continuing something for the better part of a week now. Um, this story... This, it's not just a story, it's the develop the developing details of what in the world is happening in our country before our very eyes as it pertains to Mar-a-Lago, the FBI, the raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago, and then of course where we we go from here. I just I have some things that I want to point out today. You may have seen some of these, all of these, maybe none of these. I know some people, you're busy, and you can rest assured that we're telling you as much about this information or this story, this development, as we possibly can because it matters, right? And I don't care. (laughs) Folks, I talk with people who love Trump. I talk to people who stomach Trump. I talk to people who absolutely despise President Trump. I talk to people all over the spectrum. And I, if you fall, honestly, whatever category you fall into, I hope that we haven't reached a place. And I believe we have not. We Too many people have come to this conclusion. I don't think we've gotten there in large, uh, in a large enough amount to tip the scales, but it's a, enough to it's enough to affect the scales and that is the point where we don't care where enough americans don't care about what is being alleged against someone whether they are a politician 
whether it's someone that's of a different race or gender, whether it's someone that's of a different religion, whether it's, it's, and it's interesting as I rattle these things off, isn't it? Because we've been preached to by the left for all these years, I'd say by the, by liberals, preached to not to be, and in the true sense of what these words mean, I agree. I agree that we shouldn't be uh, focused on favoring one race over another or one religion over another. Now, I, I mean, I'm biased to the Christian faith because I believe it is true. I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And you don't have to agree with that. I don't hate you if you don't. I just think, with all due respect, I think that that's really wrong. And you might think that I'm really wrong, and that's okay. We can we can still get along. But the problem is when we get to the point where that hatred for whatever whatever makes someone different, and it can be any number of things. It can be social class, the amount of money someone has. That's why when I see people hate on, I take your pick, Elon Musk, Jeffrey Bezos. I mean, if you want to have a problem with these people, I think it should be on based upon the things that they're doing, based upon the worldview that they're embracing and that they're trying to potentially, I mean, maybe some folks just aren't really pushing a particular worldview, but those are the things that matter to me. What are they, what are their ideas? What do they want to see happen? What are they ushering in? What are they encouraging? What are they arguing for? What are the positions that they take? And what are the positions of the people that they elect? That's the stuff that matters to me. And they can have vastly different opinions on those things than me, but I want to defeat, soundly defeat, those ideas that are not just, well, not just different, but those that I think are fundamentally wrong and even dangerous in some cases here in the United States. But we've reached a point, and I wasn't planning on mentioning this, I'm just going to reference this, it's in the stack of stuff at community.toddhaveshow.com if you want to read it. But I'm just going to reference this because I want to get back to Trump and Mar-a-Lago. But this is exactly what should not happen. Minneapolis, this is a headline at Fox News, Minneapolis Teachers Union, their agreement stipulates white teachers be laid off first regardless of seniority. Fox News writes, the agreement reached last spring exempts teachers from underrepresented populations from seniority-based layoffs. So in other words, I was I served on a school board for four years, and I had some, you know, some dealings with the teachers union. Um, I was never the direct point of contact for negotiation, uh, negotiations or anything, but I was familiar. I knew some of the folks you know, on that, uh, in that union and so forth. This has been 20, 20 years ago now. But I, you know, I'm familiar with some of this stuff. I can't imagine the board that I was on would stipulate someone would be laid off first because of something superficial like race or gender or something along, you know, maybe height is next. Maybe weight is next. Who knows? Who knows what's really next? It's whatever radical lunatic 
pushes the next crazy thing upon us. It'll probably LGBTQ and all those other letters that are after that, including the number two. But that is the problem. That this is a massive problem in America, right? We're gonna we're gonna target white teachers. Now that's not how they frame it, but they're gonna say we're not gonna look at seniority. We we might look at seniority, or maybe it does look at seniority, but it sets aside everyone who isn't white. Basically, if you're not white, you have, in essence, on this particular school board, and again, Minneapolis, crazy, radical city of Minneapolis. Think defund the police, think Elon Omar. And by the way, Minneapolis is on our short list of cities that we're looking at expanding into, God willing, uh, in, the, in the months to come. But this is this is the kind of stuff, whether it is on a, well, a particular teacher's union in a school district or whether it is based, rooted in the FBI, whether it's rooted in the White House, whether it's rooted in the Department of, of Justice. Now, it becomes more problematic the higher up, the, the more powerful the organization or the individual because now we're looking at seeing something that has massive effects. And so when we talk about the FBI and we talk about our concerns regarding how President Trump has been has been treated here, I would implore you, for those who hate Trump, for those who just stomach Trump, to I, I would hope, and you, you probably know some of these people, I, I would hope that we could get them to the point that says, look, I know that you hate Trump. I know that you don't like his ideas. I know you think whatever, he's a Nazi or whatever they think of the guy. But this, this approach is dangerous. Let me just read some of the headlines again that I have in the stack. These aren't the headline titles. This is just what I've entitled in our stack of stuff. According to Jim Jordan, Congressman Jim Jordan from the state of Ohio, there have been 14, that's 1-4, 14 FBI whistleblowers that have come forward. 14 in the wake of this uh, FBI raid. What about this? FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago gave Trump a 10-point bump in polls over Ron DeSantis. You know I like Ron DeSantis. Not made any... In fact, I had someone yesterday that said I had a man crush. I didn't even know it was that that strong. I don't know. I, I like DeSantis. Um, that's not an endorsement for him in the primary or anything. I just, there's, I like what he does. I like his willingness to fight and his willingness to be principled and his willingness to just beat these jokers at their own game. But in the wake of the FBI raid... There was a 10-point bump in favor of Trump over DeSantis. These are real things. People, this is encouraging to me, being one that likes DeSantis as well. But it's encouraging to me to see that people are realizing what we're up against here. And again, setting Trump, you know, feelings and passions for Trump aside. Um, we have a radical at, I think, MSNBC... And actually, I think as well, the former, who was it? Uh, Former CIA director. Yes, the former CIA director as well, echoing these 
these statements. General Michael Hayden, some clown, some leftist clown at MSNBC, Michael Beschloss, he, I may be butchering the name, I'm just reading it here, but anyway, he tweeted out a picture of the Rosenbergs who were convicted in 19, well, they were executed after being convicted in June of 1953 for giving U.S. nuclear secrets to Moscow. Of course, insinuating that that should be what happens to Trump and General Michael Hayden, former CIA director. So think CIA, FBI, they're not the same, obviously, but they're in the same, the same world of, of the intelligence community, of, of you know, law, uh, law enforcement or enforcing, uh, protecting and, and enforcing federal law and protecting the United States and so forth. So this is how, I mean, he's, in essence, in essence, he's calling for this. He says, sounds about right in his tweet. Again, insinuating to me that Trump should be executed. For the, I mean, it sounds crazy, right? So we also have Biden's Department of Justice, and I think this needs to be hammered home. It's Biden's Department of Justice. They have asked the court to keep the Mar-a-Lago search affidavit sealed. Now, the other documents they have not, so far as I understand at this point, stood in the way of those being released, but in particular, the affidavit, which may have other information about the quote-unquote case or I guess the kind of the background or the the steps that got to to this particular point. So you you put these things you put these things together. You've got 14 FBI whistleblowers. You've got the left basically calling for the Trump to be face the death penalty. You've got Biden's Department of Justice refusing or asking the court to keep the affidavit sealed regarding the Mar-a-Lago raid or search, if you like the less offensive word. You've got a bipartisan effort in the U.S. Senate, this U.S. Senate Intelligence Committee, that's that's basically pushing for transparency in the FBI raid. You've got Biden's Justice Department, who's also opposed to an independent review of the Mar-a-Lago raid, which is rel- unheard of, really, and you've got Trump out there claiming that the FBI didn't just take documents that arguably belong to the White House. They've also, he says, taken privileged records, which if that's the case, those records could theoretically, theoretically, I'm not making any accusations, but could certainly, um, it's possible anyway, it's possible that they contain information that the January 6th commission has been trying to get into because Trump has claimed privilege on some of this information. That's at least a possibility. So ask yourself, does this sound like, does this sound like, you got again a former CIA CIA director that's kind of cheering on the idea that Trump might get executed for this. And all these things that I've mentioned, the, the Biden Department of Justice, wanting to keep things secret, wanting to keep things um, from having a third-party review? Does this sound like something to you, just on the surface, does this sound like something that is 
as Chris Wallace told us yesterday, and I played that soundbite, that was done by the book. Does that sound like it to you? Right? Does it sound like it to you? Because it doesn't to me. And plus, when you factor in the way the FBI has handled things with Trump, with conservatives, with Republicans, the double standard, the Hillary Clinton saga, the Hunter Biden laptop saga, and on and on and on, it certainly appears, or at least is a reasonable concern, I'm saying at bare minimum, reasonable concern, that there is a two-tiered, at least two-tiered justice system. And this is inexcusable. This cannot happen in the United States of America, period. But now they're targeting Trump. And it's very clear to me, it's very clear to me, I think, what the calculus that they've done behind the scenes. And I'll get into that next segment, but timeout's in order. But does this sound like, does this sound like an above-the-board, transparent, done-by-the-book search? Or does it sound like a very questionable, unnecessary raid on a former president of the United States, who, by the way, is still eligible to run for office again so long as they don't try to take that away from him. That, I suspect, is next. I really do. This is about to get super intense. You think this? You think raids? We're going to look back and chuckle at the day that they raided Mar-a-Lago, where I think when we compare it to where we're going. So, got to get to a break. Come back, pick up here, continue our discussion, my friends. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative, not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in mere moments. My friends, so what's what's going on here? I think I think there's still a lot of dust to settle with this whole Mar-a-Lago raid thing, FBI. There's a lot of intentional deception going on here. The left, the media is engaging in faux outrage. They are completely beside themselves if someone says something even remotely critical of the FBI. Same folks who were totally cool with defunding the police, the same group, the same group of people that would badmouth officers universally. Universally, if there's if there's ever an instance, which of course there unfortunately have been, if there's ever an instance of an accusation being levied against an officer, they immediately assume that the accusation is true. And I mean, 99 times out of 100, they have, once the full bit of information comes out, if they were legitimate journalists, which they in fact are not, they would go back and correct their story every time because they're just engaging in deception and falsehoods. But anyway, now they're out there lecturing us about being critical about the, the FBI. To be clear, what we're being critical about, what I am being critical about, is what the FBI, what the leadership is deciding to do. In other words, how they target President Trump and how they excuse and ignore, justify, what have you, behavior done by others, typically by Democrats like Hillary Clinton, 
like Hunter Biden. And of course, that could lead right directly, as I think it very well could, if um, we were allowed, if, if they actually had a legitimate investigation, right up to the big guy, big guy himself, President Joe Biden. These are legitimate concerns, but this doesn't matter. They're not concerned about that. And then, of course, you just look you look at this list of characters from Andrew McCabe to uh, to James Comey to Christopher Ray to Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. I mean, it is it the leadership of the FBI. And I mean this in a in a very specific way. I We can't speak for everyone in every leadership role at the FBI, but from those that have the loudest microphones, the names that we've seen, the people who are making these upper-level decisions and probably in many cases overruling individuals, the people who are making decisions that make these 14 FBI agents want to go and become whistleblowers, those folks, the Andrew McCabe's and Peter Strzok's and the James Comey's and all this sort of stuff. These folks, and now, of course, Christopher Ray. these folks are the problem. They have politicized the FBI. Now, of course, if you utter those words, you are, if you listen to the media, if you listen to the left, you are encouraging violence. That is not at all the case. Not doing that. What I'm doing is exercising a very important, very important freedom that we have, which is, first of all, the ability to say what we believe or what we are concerned with. I am absolutely concerned with this. I'm also um, concerned. It pertains to our government. This is something that could affect the lives of every single person, any person, any individual, or mass numbers of people. And especially when you factor in, I know the IRS is not the FBI, but it's all part of the executive branch. It's all one of those acronyms that's tossed around, alphabet soup over there. They just, you know, looking at hiring 80 or 90,000 new agents, whatever the stupid number is. And to act like that's not a real threat is beyond naive. And we have to be able to communicate these things. So now they're upset about that as well. But what's the real point? of all this. What's the real point? Because you look at the, the, the stories that I read or the, the headlines that I read, we've got whistleblowers coming forward. We've got Trump getting a bump in the polls over DeSantis in the wake of this. We've got radicals suggesting Trump should be executed over the contents of the, the files that were taken in the FBI raid. You've got even a bipartisan effort to say, let's keep this thing transparent. You got the Biden Department of Justice opposing an independent review of the Mar-a-Lago raid. And that that may be before or after. I don't know. Maybe during Biden's successful bike ride again. Then you've got Trump out there saying the FBI took privileged documents. They weren't just, you know, things that they listed that they wanted to take. They actually walked out with privileged information, which could, of course find its way magically into the hands of some... I mean, you know, this is the sort of thing that happens and on to, into someone's hands on the January 6th uh, committee and all this sort of stuff. But if you look at all of this in, in total, you think, man, they are, they are going scorched earth on this. And why? I think it's because they've done the political calculus. I think they know. I think that they know 
Joe Biden is a one-term president. And then they look at their bench and they see Kamala over there saying whatever Kamala is saying at the moment, which makes no sense, which is a series of one-liners. In fact, if you write down Kamala's words verbatim and then read them to yourself, I guarantee you don't have any idea what she's talking about. I've, I've done this. There's a lady that I watch on TikTok sometimes do Kamala impressions, and she nails it. And she'll say this one's almost verbatim, or this one is verbatim. And I'm telling you, if you take the time to pay attention to what's being said, I have no idea what Kamala is talking about. Uh, not all the time, but way too many times. So the point is, they don't have a bench. They don't, Biden's not the guy. You've got Democrats who are out there saying Biden's not going to run again. You've got high inflation, open borders, Afghanistan debacle, high gas, total dis- disaster. We're in a recession, no matter what these deceivers and professional liars want to tell us. And so I think they've done the calculus here, and I think they they think that they're all in. They are all in on actually taking the step, taking the step, which I do think is, I think it's coming. I think it's coming where Trump is going to be charged potentially with violating the Presidential Records Act or the Espionage Act or something. And while they would love to put him in prison... Their number one objective is not where he's going to go, where they think he's going to go. It's where he's not going to go. And that number one objective is for him not to go on the ballot and for him not to go back to the White House. That terrifies them. And as of right now, that is. They are staring that reality directly in the face. And when they see these polls, again, in the wake of the Mar-a-Lago raid, uh, Trump gets a 10-point bump over over DeSantis. Now, don't get me wrong, they're terrified of DeSantis too, but he's he's the next problem. He's not today's issue. He's tomorrow's concern. Maybe 2028's concern. Maybe. I don't know. But he's not quite their concern today. They are about to go... So that's, that's why they're prepared to go scorched earth here because there's nothing they can do to salvage a, an actual... Election. I don't care what the polls say. If it's Trump versus Biden, if it's Trump versus Kamala, if it's Trump versus Mayor Pete Boot Edge Edge, whoever, it's going to be a beatdown is what it's going to be. It just is, and they know it. And so what are they going to do? Well, <laughs> they're, they're going scorched earth. They've, in one sense, they've got nothing. they've got nothing to lose. And again, if you don't like Trump, I'm fine. I just, it should concern everybody what is happening here. We can't just say, well, he's such a terrible guy. He's probably guilty of something. I'm glad they're going after him. I've talked to people who have that mentality. And that, my friends, that is the most dangerous attitude that one can have. That is when you want to talk about the real threat to, quote, unquote, threatening our democracy, more more accurately, our constitutional republic, our freedoms and liberties. It's that mindset. And I hear it sometimes. And it, any freedom-loving American, regardless of who they voted for, should see at least the potential here for absolute unmitigated abuse and just, well, abuse of power. The possibility of at least the possibility. Just hear me out if you don't think that. Timeouts in order. Long in this segment. Sit tight, my friends. Back in just a minute. 
interference interfering with an election is there any way to interfere more with an election than to keep one party from being able to nominate nominate the person sorry about that thought the music was over to nominate for, from having their preferred nominee on the ballot this is this is terrible stuff this by the way is why Chris Wallace, Chris Wallace is confused. He says, I don't understand this talk about Gestapo tactics and so forth. This is, again, Chris Wallace yesterday, we played the soundbite. He said, this FBI raid was done by the book. You might disagree. You might have questioned why they did it, but it was done by the book. It is not done by the book if there is no legitimate reason for why they did it. In fact, I heard Trump's attorney, heard Trump's attorney on what was she on? She was on, I think, Newsmax, and she was she was talking about this. She said Trump was cooperating. Trump had met them there previously and gave them access, unlocked things, and so forth. And suddenly, they drop they drop the bomb here. They well, I'm sure some leftist is going to say that's inappropriate talk, but they. They basically said, we're not going to cooperate with you anymore. We're going to make this into a, a spectacle. And they did. And, you know, there's information. There's First, the White House said they learned about it on Twitter. Then we came to find out that, well, if you listen and, and trust what they're telling you, Merrick Garland, who could be one of our Supreme Court justices, thank goodness he's not, and thank you, Mitch McConnell, well, I'm not a typically a big fan of, but you did the right thing there. But Merrick Garland could be on the Supreme Court right now, acting as though he's above any bias, right? This guy's running the Department of Justice, running it like, I mean, what appears to me to be just, I mean, it's a p- political payback. In fact, I remember in when Biden won, when Biden was sworn in, I did a program, I did a program where I said, the era of political payback is upon us. Political payback is now in vogue. It is upon us. And that's what we've been witnessing. And so the pinnacle, the pinnacle of political payback is having President, former President Trump, not be able to run because they're going to say he violated the Presidential Records Act or espionage act or something and they'll say look i mean they might i know some of these folks want him to be executed which is unbelievably crazy to me but nonetheless some of those they're going to have to talk those folks down off the cliff and they're going to say you know what we're just we're going to not make this an issue he just we're going to say he's disqualified for running from office be ready for this and then what happens Right then, do you think, do you think the however many millions of people, seventy-five, whatever it was, million people that voted for Trump are just gonna sit by idly and let this happen? Oh, again, there's so many things. If the government was concerned about making these at at 
the anger and the reaction to these things, they would have done a lot of things. They would have, they would have had more transparent audits of, of the election. They wouldn't have told us that it was, you know, the most secure election in history just to trust them. They wouldn't have done that. They would have actually taken questions. They wouldn't have forced people. And I know this was done through social media, but make, make no mistake, it was done at the behest or the direction of those in government who kind of, you know, gave the wink, wink, and the nod, help us out here. Don't let that stuff be talked about on your platforms. This stuff is all coordinated. You talk about real collusion and coordination. There that is. And you talk about real election interference. It's what they are squaring up to do here. They are squaring up. They've got, we're two years out, basically, from the from the election, the, the, the next presidential election. We're just a couple of months away from the next, the midterm election. And they know they're going to get shellacked here. And so they know that the only chance they've got, and they still don't have a great chance, but they don't want Trump in Washington, D.C. And that would be my message to DeSantis. If I'm fine if it's DeSantis. I really am. Um, but I think he needs to understand day, <laughs> day one, day one, even before you get an office, there has to be a proactive plan to go after the people who are corrupting our government from the inside out. This has to be eradicated. The people at the FBI, it's not the rank and file. There's people in that organization, in that, in the bureau, who are making these decisions and leading the FBI to take these actions. That Those folks have got to be fired. They have got to be removed. That is not the job. I don't care what political party you're affiliated with. You should not be using your position of power to pick and choose which political party is investigated, indicted, raided. That's what we have here. I People act like, well, let's wait to see what's in the evidence. How about they show us the legitimate evidence? How about they not keep things hidden in the affidavit? What are they so concerned about they tell us they're concerned about the next steps in the investigation in the case which of course implies that they're going to take this thing all the way up all the way up to the very top and who knows where this thing ends up we've already seen two impeachments we've seen russian collusion delusion we've seen i mean the, these folks are just I, the ends justify the means that's really what this comes down to they don't want trump trump has just they hate the man. And again, I'm not saying you have to, I'm not even saying that, but to be so blinded to reason and to be so willing to justify the actions that we've seen our Federal Bureau of Investigation take is beyond, is beyond reasonable. It's, it's, it's dangerous is what it is. Anyway, timeouts in order. This actually has me thinking about serving on, on the jury and a couple of years ago and just the way that this is being talked about in the media. None of these folks would be remotely qualified to be sitting on the jury because they've already determined they've already determined that Trump is is guilty. So anyway, timeouts in order. Sit tight, my friends. Back in just a minute. My friends, you know when I was I distinctively remember this. When I was in the jury selection process, 
or a trial I served on a few years ago, I remember, you know, the the attorneys would ask questions, right? They would try to ask questions to figure out if they could get, you know, people on the jury that were most likely to be, I don't know, what sympathetic to their particular side of the case, right? Prosecutors looking for certain things, defense attorneys looking maybe for other things. And both sides had the option, uh, or they they could dismiss, I forget the number, but once you, if you had 15 jurors that you could eliminate, you were stuck with whoever was left at the end. So... Anyway, I remember one guy who was sitting right next to me. We went into the jury. Well, actually, we were the first ones. I think I was like the third or fifth juror in the box. You know, I was at the very beginning, maybe number six. And they read or they they asked some questions. And one of the questions was some. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but one of the questions was something to the effect of, if an adult is charged in a crime against a child, is it possible that the person being charged is not guilty? And this guy next to me said no. No. Now, of course, he wasn't on the jury. They they eliminated him. And he said if someone's been accused, then they're guilty, which is crazy. To I'm not saying that there's that people are just getting randomly charged with stuff all over the place. That's not my point at all. But to say to say that someone actually may not be guilty in the eyes of the law just because they've been tried, no matter what the charge is, I mean, to me, that's pretty self-evident. But, folks, that is not at all. That is not at all how these leftists, how these anti-never-Trumpers look at President Trump. And again, to me, you can hate him. You can hate him vehemently. I don't think it's healthy, but you can hate him vehemently and still think that he should not be he should not be targeted by the government, that he's innocent until proven guilty. That stuff's all been thrown out the window. Not from us, but from the folks who are doing what I would call this the witch hunt. This is a continuation of it. I think it's I think it's apparent just glaringly obvious and that my friends is the real risk to our democracy to our republic quick time out my friends come back and wrap up back in just a minute all right my friends unfortunately that's all the time that we have. but i still I still think that these these issues, the, the, what we talked about here on the program today, this idea, these, these American ideas, these ideas rooted in liberty and due process, due process and equality under the law, that, that still resonates with a lot of people. It doesn't resonate with those who have a political agenda or who have a narrative, or who have an objective, we see in the media, the radical left, and so forth, but it resonates with the average people. Don't forget that. Got to go. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.